chapter 4. Uh, we're going to start in uh, verse 23. Now, try to pay attention. This comes after some development of the parable of the sower. But here's what Jesus had to say after he got through talking about the sowing of the seed. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them in verse uh, 24, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. I wrote down in my margin of my Bible, how we listen matters. The responsibility of listening is an important distinction of the heart that's yielded to God. Let's pray. Lord, show us what you meant by this. God, as we come to your word, many times we come to it, we approach it as we would, sadly, any book. Many times there's a habit just built into us to approach it as a book we read we get through the sentences we get through the paragraph then we go on to the next chapter but God we're supposed to be listening to what the spirit says through the word to us and you give us a warning here actually about how important that is so develop this for us today and make the adjustments in our life as is necessary in Jesus name amen In Matthew chapter 13, this, that would be the parallel gospel in Matthew to this passage. Both of these are dealing with the, parables, uh, the parable of the sower. And I think you're all familiar with that. A sower went out to sow and some, feet, some seed fell by the wayside. Some seed fell uh, among thorns. Uh, and, and some seed fell on uh, uh, stony ground. And then some seed fell on really good soil and it grew. The issue in that parable is the, is the fact that the seed being sown is the gospel. And the ground that it was falling on was coming through the ears. Okay, Jesus is using a, an agrarian analogy, obviously. One I can truly understand. We know what the wayside is. That's the footpath. That's between fields, the road, if you will. And it's hard, and it's packed. And if seed falls on that, oh, it, if you get a shower on it, it might sprout, but it won't grow. And, and also, too, on, along next to the fence rows, you might have the rocky places and the, and, and the thorns. And sure, it'll sprout, but it, it won't keep going. And when we go out and, and we share Christ with people, this, this is the kind of hearings that we get. We get hard hearts and distracted hearts and, and mixed up hearts, okay? Uh, but the seed, and sometimes we get that, I call them spiritual hiccups. I'm, I'm really not quite sure. I've seen it in my, all my life as I've been in the ministry. People will be sitting out there and, or you'll be talking to them. And you, and you can sense the Spirit of God moving upon them, or at least it looks that way. And they may seem so interested 
and then you'll agree to talk maybe later that day or that next in the week. So it's just gone, just poof, gone. I cannot figure out for the life of me. I've seen people back in the old days when they used to walk up the aisle and they would come to the altar and, and they would and they would weep. And then something happens and it's it's over. It's just gone. And so I've always wondered about what that is. And the only thing I can contribute it to is this. I think sometimes we listen. I think sometimes it's possible to listen with our flesh. To make ourselves feel better about what we're into or what we're dealing with. But our problem won't be fixed at the flesh level. You, you might be satiated for the moment. If you're really hungry and someone gives you a cracker, it's okay. It'll take the edge off the hunger for maybe five minutes. But then you're still hungry. What you need is a full meal. And what we need to do is learn to listen with our soul rather than just with our ears of our flesh. And there's, but then Jesus comes back, and he's talking to his disciples still, because if you'll notice in Mark chapter 4, verse 10, he said, so he, after he gets through with that parable, it says, but when he was alone, those around him with the twelve. Well, who are they? See, that's the problem. When we read our Bible, typically we're like a rock skipping along a lake, top of the water. We don't really pay attention because we're reading. We're, not, we're reading to get through, and we're not reading to learn, to, to, to hear. So clearly, there was a crowd when Jesus was talking about the parable of the sower. But that crowd kind of dispersed. Then it says, but when he was alone... Those around him with the twelve. So it wasn't just his disciples that were left. There were others too. Well, who were they? Others that really wanted to go deeper. Those were the ones that were left. Those are the ones that got through with service, went home, and still wanted to know more. Those are the ones that woke up on Monday morning and rather than grab their iPhone, which I tell you what, I just, small rabbit trail, would love to take every single smartphone in the world and go have a skeet shoot with them, okay? I think it would solve so many problems. I'm strongly considering getting a dumb phone next round. But those are the ones that wake up on Monday and say, I care, I want to know more about what God says. I, I want to go deeper still. Because that's the one that Jesus was talking to, and he said to them, now this is important, verse 11. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. To you, to who? You can't say just the 12 because there wasn't a bigger crowd there. Guess what? There's a bigger crowd today too. 
And I'm assuming if you're sitting here, you want to know more. But are you listening with just your ears? Are you listening with your soul? There's a difference. We, we live in a, in, a, in a completely politically polarized culture today. I mean, it's complete. There's not a brick left missing. Okay? It's complete. They, this wall talks to that wall. Blah, 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 blah. That wall talks to this wall. Blah, 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 blah. And nobody hears anything. Nobody does because they don't listen to understand. They only listen to respond or react, I should say. They don't really listen to understand. In the church today, in an effort to be like everybody else, which is not a new thing because we have to go back to the, to the children of Israel and go back to the time of Samuel and go back to the time whenever uh, they said, we want a king like everyone else, right? Church has picked up on some of that. They, they use the scripture, but they don't listen to what it says. So when you approach your, some of you, some of you say, I don't think, think I'm going to use my slides today. Thank you, Lord. Man, he's so good at that. Um, when you sit down to read your Bible in the morning, you have to start with this. God, give me ears to my soul. Not just to my brain. That's where the true learning takes place. That's where you will understand who you are. And nine times out of ten, you're going to read through the scripture and you're going to think, what a blessing. And then sometimes, and you pray for it to happen on a daily basis, and sometimes you have stretches where that happens. You read along to verse 23 after reading the beauty of the parable of the sower and the light under the basket, and you want to be bright. And then Jesus will say, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And you think, what does that mean exactly? If anyone has ears to hear. If anyone has been given ears to hear. It's a gift. You see, that, that gift of listening is granted by God. Because how else can you explain standing before a group of people hostile to the gospel, except maybe that one, couldn't pull them away with a tank? Something's happening God in his mercy has drawn near that person and is allowing them to hear from here to here I guess I will use my slides a little bit one of the final judgments of God upon a person is the punitive dulling of the heart to God's truth think about that I've heard parents say sometimes to uh, middle school age kids, <laughs> just let him do it. Go ahead and let him do it. Whatever it may be, as long as it doesn't kill them or maim them, maybe they should do it. What happens? They hurt. But what that parent demonstrated was a punitive judgment. 
They won't listen. And they ought to feel it. That's what's happening in our nation today. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, he said, Go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Isaiah's job, Jeff, you believe this? Isaiah was given a ministry where God said, You will have absolutely no, no results. <laughs> Just. So go preach knowing they won't understand. Tell them to keep on seeing, but they won't perceive. Because he said, make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Did you catch that part? Did you catch it? Lest, unless they do. Make sure this happens so they won't. And return and be healed. Are you kidding me? That doesn't sound good at all, does it? When God says, I'm going to preach to you, but I'm going to make it so you won't understand a thing I'm saying, so you won't be healed. Because you've wanted it your way for so long, and you've been in, insistent for so long. I've gotten up early, and I've stayed out late. You remember that? About talking to back in, and you didn't heed, you didn't change. Isaiah is your last guy. He's going to tell you. But you won't listen. That's a, that's a punitive judgment of God. Well, you parallel that over there to Mark 4. And you hear Jesus with those who were left. They could listen. They could listen. Isaiah talks about a remnant. Jesus is talking about that same remnant. In Deuteronomy 29 verse 4. Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive. And eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. Moses was giving them a runover of the, of the commandments and the covenant he had made. And Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, it's too late. Babylon is coming. Nebuchadnezzar is just over the hill. Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Can we not relate to that? Do we not see this happening in our own world today? And Ezekiel Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house which has eyes to see but do not see and ears to hear but do not hear. For they are a rebellious house or because, if you will, they are a rebellious house. You see, you've got to understand something. God is holy and he is just. He's not going to be manipulated by us. You can't wear him down. You can't move him with tears. He's moved by his compassion, which is exceedingly more bountiful towards us than anything we would have towards him. He's drawn to contrition, but he in his grace brings contrition. Here's what I'm thinking of. They were supposed to go in and possess the land, remember? They sent out the spies. They brought back those, that big, those grapes and what have you. There was only two in the group that said, we can take them, Joshua and Caleb. And everyone else said, well, we're just like grasshoppers on their side. And they'll squish us. They, they had no faith. They didn't believe God at all. They get in a lot of trouble over that, right? And then what they say? Oh, no, no, we'll go do it. We'll go do it. It's like when you're, when you're younger and you're, and you're little. And Dad said, don't do it. I told you not to do it. And if you do it one more, bud... And my dad, you know, he said that 
he believes everyone gets a first warning. You just had yours, and so it, judgment was rendered. <laughs> but but uh, they said, oh, no, we'll go now. We'll go now. We'll do it now. And God said, you won't do it. And so what they, they tried it. They actually tried it. And what happened? They got run over. So what happened? They got in trouble, and they had to go walk around the desert for 40 years. And so Moses was reminding them of that. You, 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 to this very day, you don't have that heart. And then Ezekiel is saying, you are a rebellious house. You're going to go to Babylon. Well, to be given ears is a gift of grace. Just because you sat in this place, to me, I'm thinking, praise God you're here. But I pray to God he blesses you with the ability to listen. John 6, verse 63 through 65. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And then Jesus says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. How do we hear speaking? Well, we hear it with our ears. But where is it supposed to go? Into our soul. People, all of us have said, I feel like with that person I'm talking to a wall, a post. Anyone here know what a Bodark post is? That's because y'all aren't from where I'm from. Okay, Adam, do you know what a Bodark is? Y'all had Bodark, didn't you? No, you're in Texas still, but... <laughs> Now, it's a French word. You ought to see how that thing's spelled. It's got an X in it and everything. Okay, it's crazy. French is just weird. But Bodark posts were crooked, but they were naughty. And we used them in fences back in the old days. And they were still there from the old, old days. Bodark is so hard. You can barely drive a steeple in it. I mean, you'll bend them. And when you'd go by and inspect the wires, it'd be this, all these hammer blows and this steeple's just like, I'm holding, you know. It just rusted, now the rust holds it in. But they, they just didn't rot away. They were hard. And that's what we get into when we're talking about some people's souls and their hearts. We try to talk to them. We, we think we can reason with them. But what it is, is, which is why we pray for revival when we come at 4.30 on Sundays, is we pray for God to do what only He can by removing that barrier of hardness so that the word spoken will go into the ear and into the soul. That's why evangelism without prayer doesn't work. That's why revival never comes with prayerless churches. Because there's a hardness. And sadly, to a degree, there's even a hardness among God's own people in it too. Why? Well, let's uh, continue on here. In Romans 11 here, it says, uh, What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Not everybody's going to see it or hear it. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor. Who did it? God did it. Eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. Mark chapter 4, we get into our verses, and I wrote this out of the NLT so now we can understand it a little better. Don't be reckless with this grace 
of being able to listen. How many times have you, some of you who love the Lord, but yet you've had your seasons where your heart is exceedingly distracted? You ever had that? You ever had a a moment when you sat down to read your Bible and your mind is just ricocheting all over the place like you were in an arcade? Everyone remember what? I don't know if my generation knows what an arcade is, but it used to be a place in the old days, (laughs) back in the 80s and 90s, okay, where you would go and they'd have all the games set up because you didn't have it built into your phone. Anyway, because there were no phones. It was good times. Um, But I lost myself. Mark 24 and 25. Listen to what Jesus said. This is out of the NLT. Make it a little closer to you. Jesus says, pay close attention to what you hear. Okay. The closer you listen, the more, ex- the more understanding you will be given. So you're there in your Bible study, and your mind is ricocheting all over the place like in an arcade. Your heart is distracted. What should you do? A, muscle through it because you've only got 15 minutes. B, just quit and go to work. C, it's always the last option. Put your Bible down. Get as low as your body or is capable of taking you. And say, God, I am exceedingly distracted. I can't think straight. I can't read. I can't hold on to it. But God, if my flesh won't let me pray or read, then I'm going to fight it in prayer. One way or another, Lord, I want to hear from you. See, that's taking the battle back. And Jesus says right here, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive, what did he promise? Even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Is he just talking about just hearing it? No, he's talking about listening to a place that's deeper. But for those who are not listening... Now, they may be hearing, right? I mean, if you're here and you're listening to me, you're hearing. But are you hearing here? Even what you hear, Jesus says, the understanding that you have, it'll be taken away. Much like that seed on the stony ground or whatever. So there's a grace to be had with having ears to hear. Don't be reckless with it. One of the beauties about... Uh, having nearness with God in a season of personal revival or corporate revival, which we have not seen just yet, is that once you've had that otherworldly nearness and you see your sin and you realize who you were and how far off you got, you're so sensitive to everything in your flesh. You abhor it. You hate it. And what really breaks your heart is as time goes, it seems, you begin to get and you begin to notice that you're less sensitive as you were to those very things that God made you so sensitive to before. And you mourn it. Because you don't want to be there. Because you know where it ends up. If you can't listen with your soul to God, then what do you have left? You don't want the understanding you have to be taken away. I've met many Christians who have been saved for 40, 50, 60 years. 
who really don't know any more than just the basics. And it isn't because of good preaching or a lack of it. It isn't because of a lack of good teaching. It isn't because they don't have a good Bible or access to one. It isn't because they don't have access to to any kind of Christian resource. It's that they're so distracted and given to the things of the world that their heart is dull because that's where they live. That's what revival fixes. That's what it fixes. That's why we come and pray for God to do that. Jesus said in verse 24, take heed what you hear. It's a warning. It means to watch carefully, to be very, very vigilant. Even with what I'm saying right now today, are you trying to hone in? I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pronouncement here. This is an invitation. This isn't a formal event in the sense that we need to come here and act a certain way. We should be reverent. We should be humble. But this is a place to realign with God. This is the Lord's day. It comes one in seven, right? This is the Lord's day. If you ever find yourself destroyed with a heart that can't think to hear, to sing or to to hear the word preached, then approach the altar. Why don't you do that? Well, because I don't want people to think that I've been into some nefarious sin and they start talking about me. I'm so glad you're more concerned about with what people think. Now go live like that and keep a dull heart. Yeah, you, you, you go try to cut paper with a butter knife. Just go try. I, I think it's time that we lose that concern about what others think and say, God, I am here. I cannot think. I don't want, I will not, I will fight back and I will come to that altar. And if I have to stay there the whole time, then I will stay there the whole time. That's the kind of stuff revival is made of when you fight back. The same measure means quantity, how much there is of something. Are you all satisfied with what you know about the Lord so far? Because if you're like, oh, no, not at all. Well, how much did you read your Bible last week? Well, not very much. Then you are. Pray about that. Get on your face to God and say, I am sick of this. I like what I'm hearing around in the world today. Finally, although sadly it deals with political issues, but people are starting to say it's enough. Oh, is it? We're pummeling off the cliff and the, the, the tailpipe's on fire. And now it's enough. But I would say to the church, is it enough yet? To be vigilant in our hearing of the word of God being preached is our utmost duty while under instruction. <laughs> I tell a lot of stories about my dad, and you understand I love my dad. This was the, this was the episode of the tire gauge. So we had a big fat tire gauge on the tractors. And... Uh, he was trying to teach me how to read the marks between them. I just couldn't grab it. And he, 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 he had his glove on, and he took my, my he, he pointed my face, and he said, look here. And he said, I want your undivided attention. 
First time I've ever heard it so pointedly. Sadly, I couldn't get that phrase out of my head the whole time he was telling me about the hash marks. Because I have an ADD mind, and I was like, undivided attention, undivided attention. Well, that's pretty cool. What does that mean? Like, there's a tension, and it's split in half, of quarters, maybe? What does it mean? Because that's the way my mind works and the way it still works. Two, four, six, eight, ten. I mean, he was going through it. Undivided attention. I'm like, undivided attention. <laughs> You have no idea what's going on in here, do you? But I get the admonition. When we're here, when you read your Bible, when you're at home, do you give it your undivided attention? Do you allow God to put your, take his hand and turn your face to his and say, I want your undivided attention? Take heed how you hear. How? The difference between hearing and listening, I wrote this, is the difference between a parable and an in-your-face truth. Don't you think so? The other people just heard this story. It was uh, seed and ag stuff. and I don't know. Let's go get a milkshake. The other one's like, I'm not listening very well. See, there's a difference in attitude. We must listen with humility seriousness, gratitude, and faith. Did the Jews listen to God in faith? They saw him on the mountain. And they heard his words. But it wasn't mixed with we must listen with our soul and not just our ears. So I want to ask you this question, and and I'll close with this. Do you listen to God's word with your soul or just your ears? If you don't, you are fooling yourself. This is out of James. For you listen to the word and don't obey it. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Look, sour cream right up here. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to go on a date. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. That's just listening. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, that's hearing with your soul. And you do what it says, and don't forget you heard it then God will bless you for doing it. So there's a promise, isn't there, with active listening. Tim Chalice, while the responsibility of the preacher cannot be underestimated, the listener is also responsible before God. I'm going to break this down for you. There are some really boring preachers in the world. I have been a boring preacher. Don't you ever forget that preachers are just people. People, men with feet of clay. Not machines. We don't go stick a USB cable in our head and download. For all of you, we do our best with life going on too. 
you, the listener, are responsible before God for what you hear. If you're hungry, you will find something to eat. We are to prepare ourselves even during the week and are to listen attentively to search the scriptures and to apply what we have learned to our lives. If you want to know what makes a corporate worship service a time of joy and power and presence, it's what you all do collectively in your individual devotional life. Do you get what I'm saying? We are no stronger here collectively together than we are individually in our daily devotional life. If I can promise you this, if every one of us were so desperate for God to move in our midst because of the severity of the hour, And that was our heart cry. So that every day of the week in our Bible time we have, and even extra time we make, I can promise you things will change. It just would. Because it has historically. Tim Chalice finishes and he says, I fear that far too often we expect the pastor to do the work and allow us to be the beneficiaries of his work. God help all of you because I'm not a very good carver or an artist. I don't even sing very well. I was telling the kids yesterday, I can do a lot of things, kind of. Oh, you're a gardener. No, I wouldn't say that. I grow things. Sometimes when it comes up. Oh, you like to fix things. Well, I can take it apart. And sometimes it goes back together. Oh, so so you know Greek. I can stumble my way around the lexicon some with the help of charts and graphs. Oh, you know the Bible really well. Well, if I could just remember where it was said, I'd be better. Don't. You, you have to do your work. It is time for us to take seriously our role. Do you hear that? You have a role in preaching, in the preaching of the word of God. And you know, do you know what your role is? Or mine if I'm in a congregation? It's to listen with my soul. So that the understanding that I have will grow, not be taken away. Do you know Christ today? Because one of the motivations, the primary motivation for listening to Scripture is the love of Jesus for compelling you forward. You will never be perfect enough to say, Pam, look at me, I've arrived. But I've seen some of you go in there. You love Jesus. sink our teeth into the meat that God has to give and be satisfied that we are at his table.
I'm tired of the nonsense that's in the world. I'm tired of the nonsense that's in the church. But I am thankful for I am thankful for Northridge in this regard. I know that collectively, as a whole, I can say honestly, we are reaching. I hope to see more stretch, more vigor, more tenacity, more desperation. But praise God, at least we're reaching. If you don't know Jesus, you won't care about any of that. And if you don't know Jesus, here's what, here's where you are. Without Christ atoning for your sin, you have no covering to hide your shame, and you are standing in your filth before a holy God's gaze, naked in your blasphemy and your heresy and your wickedness. It is only His mercy. It keeps from destroying you now. But in Christ, you can have His covering and His mercy and receive His grace. And when God looks upon you with Christ, He sees Jesus. You've exchanged your life and you've taken Christ's life. But you've got to come to repentance. Lord, here is what I am. And I don't want it anymore. It is enough. Would you save me, even me?